When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Kules. This is Gabriel Quiroga of the Barca Talk podcast. Every Friday, Mariana Guzman, a journalist in Barcelona, joins me as we talk the latest FCB. Today's episode, which you get to hear the full length, uh, we talk about the Dynamo Kiev performance a little bit. We also talk Ansu Fati's contract renewal. And of course, we get ready for the Clásico. So if you're looking for some more content from Spain about Barcelona, uh, support our podcast. You can go to our show notes where you have all the links there. After the break, you get to hear the full episode of Mariana and I in the Barca Talk Cafe. Hello, Kules. Welcome to the Barca Talk Cafe. I'm Gabriel Quiroga in Madrid, Spain. And every Friday, Mariana Guzman of Conexión Deportiva and the Ade de Barca podcast joins me from Barcelona. Mariana, we are both under the weather, sick. ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? We look terrible. We look so sick. I know. I know. <laughs> We were just talking before that we are both uh, a little bit sick. My voice yes. is, is really bad. You yeah, are not yeah. feeling well, but uh, we're going to talk some Barca uh, today. Let's first start off with uh, the match on Wednesday. You yeah. were at the match on Wednesday against Diego Kia, but they won one nothing. You know, this performance was really boring. Uh, and I just thought it was a missed opportunity for Kuman to get some momentum for the Classico. What, what, what were your kind of feelings watching the match? there at the camp now? Well, um, it was boring. <laughs> like you said, it was boring. Um, but it's still, it, it was complicated for Kuman because we have El Clásico on Sunday. So everything was about that. For example, Ansu Fati didn't start because, of course, he needed some rest before El Clásico. So when you see Luke de Jong as a starter, you are like, oh, no. I mean, like, everything goes like, pwah, pwah, pwah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you feel that at the stadium. That was like, really, is he starting? I cannot believe it. Uh, fans were, like, disappointed by that because he's not the favorite. <laughs> but, but you, in a way, understand the decision because it's like, okay, the most important in a way, it's El Clásico. I have Ansu Fati here. I mean, he's going to play, but I'm not going to use his full 90 minutes. So um, it was it, it it was a match that Barcelona could win like 3-0, 4-0. 
but it looks like they have no idea that they were playing an important match. It sounds, it, 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 I don't know. It was like, are, are they aware of what they are playing right now? And I was talking to Alejandro on other episodes that the people in the stadiums um, were like supporting, that they were not booing, and that changed. They were booing on, on Wednesday, especially Luke de Jong. So it's like people are getting desperate for, yeah. for watching this Barca. You know, it's funny that you say that because I would almost think that this match on Wednesday was a little bit more important than the classical, just because, you know, with the good feeling of the Valencia match on Sunday, Barcelona are in last place in the group. They needed to get three points. And the way Kumin approached it, I, you know, this idea of protecting Ansu, I think I would have started him and just played him 60 minutes. I think that would have helped give the momentum from the early set. But again, as we talked about, it's a combination of, of many things with this match on Wednesday, the early start, start time. You know, I was, you know, even though it's 6.45 and most of the world, that seems okay in Spain, that's really early. And there was video, <laughs> yeah. people, you know, you know how it is. And and here at the sports show, so they were showing people running to get to the game. And that also doesn't have the full capacity yet. I mean, we have yet to see the full capacity at the camp. No, mm-hmm. one of these reasons. The other thing too is, we had good feelings on Sunday. I'm sure you talked about it in Barca. I talked about it in Barca talk with Craig. This good feeling about Sunday night's match with Ansu, the team, and so forth. And to me, why not use that? Go up 3-0, take the players out, and then use that momentum, those good feelings for Sunday. Now we are looking at the Classico, and I don't know what to expect. From the performance on Wednesday, I was not impressed with anything. And more importantly, like you said, the play, like I said too as well, the players looked like it was a preseason match. Yeah, yeah. And again, the other thing too at the end of the of the game was Kuman getting frustrated with his players, and it's I don't know understand what the disconnect between him and the players and these matches. You know, it's just it's crazy to me. I never seen Kuman that way before. I don't know. He was like so upset. And this is like, well, Kuman, this is the face <laughs> that we have when you do this, this when you have these decisions that we are decisions. <laughs> so it's like you don't get to do those faces, friend. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. But I mean he is responsible for what's going on in a in a in a in a part of force. And yeah, um, to me, it was like what uh, I mean. They win, and they're really important three points. Of course, that have to be, we have to say it. But I mean, that's not the Barça you want to see before El Clásico. That's so not the game you want to see. That's so not the team you want to see. So I'm feeling weird because, um, historically, from from forever when the classical arrives it's like borrón y cuenta nueva like nothing happened and everything can happen <laughs> because uh i don't because i mean real madrid can be like in his worst moment but still they can win and, and of course with barça so uh el clásico have this have this special energy so i'm not saying like oh Real Madrid is going to score, is going to golear, because at the end of the day, in El Clásico, like, they woke up, but it looks 
not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From here. That's, I mean, that's so, the thing. We're, we're, we're going to get yeah. into it in a second, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to finish off with this before we get into, you know, some positive things with Ansu and his contract. But again, it's just this up and down roller coaster of Kuman, I feel, that doesn't understand the momentum of the schedule, right? Especially in this moment. You ride a, a good performance on Sunday, ride that same starting 11 as much as you can to get Wednesday substitute players because again the way that the team approached it it just seemed like oh we're already in first place in the group and we're not we don't even have any points and so like you said i the importance just didn't feel like it you were there you i mean from the tv it felt like it. everyone was cheering against luke again we were pumping so many crosses that he missed and the only one that scored was gerard pk and it's like yes we got the three points but in any way in that match especially in our WhatsApp group with all the interaction. Everyone was bored. Yeah. There was no positivity of anything. Everything was static and there's nothing really to put to. And again, it's just, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand why he just doesn't use the same core 11 going forward. And he's always changing things, but let's get, I don't, I don't want to talk about this match anymore because to me, <laughs> it was just, it just, it hurts to watch. I mean, I'm glad I watched it in the background, you know, in the fun though, because I was working and doing other things because we, I was still working. But yeah. again, it's just like one of those matches. Let's talk about obviously the bright spot of the week. Ansu Fati, obviously. Yes. You know, he signed the contract officially yesterday, did the press conference. Of course, the timing when they released the news after the poor performance against Dianamo Kiev, nice marketing. But again, I'm really excited about this, not only obviously keeping him locked in and so forth, but I also think Ansu has a completely different personality than Messi does because yeah. you've already seen this week. I don't know if you have, but I have on the sports shows and stuff. Ansu is on doing something with um, the, the the motorcycle racer guy. He was doing some other promo. And obviously he has a new agent, you know, Mendez. And so Mendez is putting him more front and face. But I think this is a good thing because for all the great that Messi was, I, I wish he was a little bit more front-facing, more exagerado, right? Like it, with the yeah, crowds yeah. and the south. And I think Ansu Fati really has that type of personality. So I'm really excited. But what is the, the overall feeling of, you know, in Barcelona with Ansu Fati just getting extended and getting this finished because his contract was ending at the end of this year. Yes. People are really, really happy and really excited about Ansu Fati. I mean, it's incredible. Even that uh, that night on Wednesday when he was like warming up, like the stadium was like really into him. They were Angsu, Angsu, and the fans and the journalists, people, they were they were happy. And at the end of the match, they were like, "Oh, they're renewing as fast you right now." So, uh, so yes, it was like you said, brilliant marketing because they did it after that match before El Clasico and before this assembly of sauces when they're gonna discuss the the credit from renewing Palau Blaugrana and Camp Nou. Only Spy Barça. So so yes, it's really on timing and I am I'm happy. Like you said, he he's different. He's really different um from Messi in that sense. He's more open to media, to doing um those kind of content. So I mean, he needs to be more open, you know, because that that messy because he has this role to fulfill that is is not easy. So yes, he needs to be at his one hundred percent, not only on the field but off the field with the media, 
on social media. So so yes, and of course, Javis, having Mendes has has his manager um, impact <laughs> yeah, because sure. that um, that renewal always was always mm -hmm. positive. But I mean, they were like not signing until they have what they wanted. So of course, of course, of course. So yeah, and that—that's the other thing with with Jorge Mendes, and you know, obviously he's the super agent. You yeah. know, Fati fired Messi's brother. Essentially, that used to be the agent, right? And so it's interesting because yes, I mean, everyone's pot. You know, for some of the things that Laporta hasn't followed through, obviously with the Messi issue, he's come through with Pedri and Ansu. So that you know is brilliant because those are. Our, the most important youngsters we have on the team and they are locked into at least 2026, 2027. So we were having this debate on the WhatsApp group about the buyout clause. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. So obviously Bedri and Ansu have a $1 billion euro buyout clause. I think personally, it's too high. I think if anything, we learned from the messy situation when it was only 500, it didn't give the team financial flexibility. So, Do you think the 1 billion euros is too high? Because remember, here in Spain, if a team is interested in a player, they present the buyout clause, but also the player has to be interested in that to trigger the buyout clause. So it's a two-thing yes. system where the, you know, the team is still going to be protected. But if the player wants to go, then there's going to be an issue already with that. You know, you're hoping that doesn't go. You know, that's what happened with Neymar, essentially. So do yeah, you think yeah. the $1 billion dollar euro is too much? Am I looking at, you know, and some of the, the people in our WhatsApp group were just saying yes, but it's just a hypothetical thing. But again, as we saw with the messy thing, it doesn't give the team the financial flexibility because you never know what's going to happen in the future. Obviously, if you want to get rid of Ansu for whatever reason, I'm just trying to think of future so we don't get in the same situation that we are. So what is, what is your feeling about this $1 billion dollar buyout? I mean, right now it sounds like a lot of money, like it is impossible for other clubs to to handle, but it's a class from here to five years. So, I mean, maybe the markets change so much that in two and a half years, three years, one billion class is not that much. <laughs> so, I mean, football changed the, the amounts that we handle today. I mean... It, it's crazy. Even 10 years ago, it, it, it was nothing like this. So I think they did that exercise, did that perspective to how it's going to work the market, the amounts that's going to be handled in that period of time. And I know, like you said, like all the flexibility and you have an important point. But if they don't do that, it's like everyone, every club can be every year like knocking on Ansu Fati's door. And that's what they don't want. I mean, we want this uh, player to be a very important part of the team. And definitely we don't want every season a club like doing this um, oferta, <laughs> especially the way that football is changing. I mean, every, every year like this Okay, this rich family is, is buying a club. So this this is changing the way that they negotiate, the way that we we understand the money in football. So today it is it sounds a lot, but we don't know in, in two years yeah. what's gonna happen. Well, I'm just saying, you know, all I'm saying is like to, I'm not saying to put it like at 20 million or something. I'm saying like 300 million, let's say. Because then you're still protected, right? And obviously, yes, there could be many ofertas every summer. I get that. But also, you know, if someone's going to pay 300 million, I can get two players. And I know it's not going to be the quality of Fatih, but I'm also looking for the overall success of the team. Again, I just want flexibility of the team because 
the club, right? That's what I'm always looking at, the club. Of course, I'd love on to. I'm just thinking hypothetically. That's all I'm thinking. I'm just trying to, I do not want to have the same situation that we are currently now to happen again. I just hope, you know, that we have the more foresight into the flexibility with these contracts. And again, the other thing too, Mariana, none of the numbers have been released. And to me, this is fascinating because this doesn't happen in any other sport. We only have the buyout, the length of it, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know if they're going to be paying him 50 million a year, 60 million. Like we don't know. And that's what's crazy to me because these are some of the things that need to be transparent about how we run the club economically, right? Because this is what happened with Bartomeu. We were just started going out of control, out of control, out of control. So I was just looking this morning before we recorded just to yeah. make sure. I looked on seven different websites, no financial terms released. Because there is confidential. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> because here in Spain, with this law for, of protección de datos, I mean, yeah. they can say, like, I don't want people to, to see my my info i mean i don't i don't yeah, i don't know if you remember like the big deal when a media uh, shows the messy contract yeah, yeah, yeah people were crazy and i was like yeah. oh my god i cannot believe it so yes <laughs> they have the protection of the law <laughs> yeah but again this, in that this is, way yeah, yeah of course but this is one of the things that you know i wish was more transparent because then we would have a better idea of what the weekly salaries are what we can afford and maybe yeah it would, you know, uh, slow down all the rumors that we always try to get for Holland and Mbappe, because if we can't afford yeah. for paying these things, you know, we have transparency, this thing. Anyway, we're very happy that Ansu stay until 2027. Obviously, you know, it's great for the club. I, I still can't believe he's only 18 years old. It's crazy to me. Let's get into it, Mariana, the Classico. This is what we, El Classico. We, you love it, I, I love it. I received my credential. Nice, nice. So you'll be yes, at the Classico? Happy. This is the first Clásico without Ronaldo and Messi, which is crazy to think about. And I just want to go over a couple of things. There, the injuries on the Madrid front are Carvajal and Hazard is always out, obviously. And I have been impressed this season with Madrid and with Carlo Ancelotti. I thought for sure him wow. coming back to the club was going to create a little bit more chaos just because I didn't think the club was good enough. But Ancelotti has really done a good job of keeping the calmness of the team. Because Mariana, when I watch the sports show, Jugones, Deportes Cuatro, it's always about Barcelona and nothing ever about Madrid because it is a calm team this year. You know, What is your opinion about what Ancelotti has been doing with the team? Obviously they're you know, top of La Liga, uh, number two. And just overall, did you have any feeling that Ancelotti was going to have this type of success second time around with Madrid? Well, I think it's because his second time in Madrid, he he really understand how he must handle the the dressing room, how he must handle his player, and and of course, I mean he that's a success that the media doesn't have a lot to say about Real Madrid. Um, yes, it, I I think it's important, um, and I think that I mean he's not doing anything like wonderful like oh my god this is unbelievable this is incredible but he is está moviendo el equipo i mean the team is moving forward so without espectáculo without show without nothing wonderful but he is still having these results so 
so yes, I mean, uh, it's it's positive. I mean, it's not easy to be the coach after Zidane and after the Champions League success. So, so yes, um, I didn't imagine that he was going to to have like a. I mean, it's complicated to be after Zidane. I didn't imagine that he was going to be también en el equipo, but yeah. he's handling quite well. So, so yes. Well, they they just they won their Champions League match uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, yes. five nothing against well, yeah. Donetsk. Yeah, and there have been moments this season where Madrid have not looked very strong. They had a, a three-game uh, run of like no goals essentially. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about I think the biggest. Uh, thing to look at in this match, and that's going to be Madrid's attack against Barca's defense. Mm-hmm. With Madrid's attack, you have the famous Vinicius, right? He's having a good season. You, I mean, you cannot yes. deny that, right? Five goals, two assists in eight games so far, uh, compared to last season when he only had three goals and three assists. So he's definitely uh, playing at a higher level. And obviously Benzema with nine goals and six assists in this season. What can Barcelona do to slow down this attack? Because we saw in the last Clasico, when Vinicius was able to manhandle that left side, does Barcelona go still with a three-back system for this match? What can Barcelona do to slow down Madrid's attack? Well, I I think the key is in the midfield. I think that that's the way to, like you say, slow down. And, of course, the defense is always the problem. Um, but to me, it's, I mean, the, the best they can come and do is reforzar the midfield. And I'm really loving Dest on this new role of the team. So I think this can help see him a little bit more hacia arriba. So, so yes, um, I mean, the, the thing with the defense is that it's so weak <laughs> yeah, yeah we talk about this for years <laughs> yeah so i mean there's there's no much he can do to change the sensations with the defense only but to do it with the midfield that to me at this point is is working i mean the young is he's not being at his best we know that but when he's focused he can do great things I love Gabi. Um, Busquets is is looking good, so I think that's the key. And Des in this new role, I think that can help a lot to slow down Real Madrid. Yeah, it's a good point because obviously with Des being up there, that gives the left back someone to occupy, right? Because Des has some speed. Uh, Jordi Alba may be out for this match because he hurt himself on the Wednesday night match. So again, complicated, a, complicated with complica- Alba out. It's, it is complicated. Uh, again, if Alba's out, I personally think that's actually a good thing because that means maybe we see Mingesa. And I think Mingesa is oh. a better defender. That's just my opinion. I mean, if we're looking at defenders, right? And I just think yeah. I, I think he's a better. Wow, you're not very, you're not very. No. Again, who's better? <laughs> who's better on the team right now? That's the thing. I, I mean, no, exactly. exactly. I, no, no, no. I don't agree with you. Sorry, I don't so agree would, with you. I think. So, mm-hmm. so, for example, you might see Serginio Dest on left back if Alba's no. out. All right, he he's done it before. Yeah. You know. I mean, but if well, if I have to decide, I was okay. like, I. It's like, please, Alba, get better for the Clásico. 
he's not. That's, I don't think he's going. I don't think. Yes, I, d- even, I don't think so either. <laughs> he even said after the post game on Tuesday night, he even said that he doesn't feel like he said, yeah, I got hurt. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to be available for the Classico. So I don't think it's, an, I don't think this is always the question. Would you want to hurt Alba? No, no, no. Of course. For the not. Classico. Exactly. Right. So no, no. we've seen it before when Alba was out that Sanjina Des went to left back and he did okay. But knowing Kuman, I could see him using Des on left back. Sergio Roberto on right back, for example, and yeah, maybe yeah. putting Demir at the right wing, for example. I don't know. This, these are the things. It's very unpredictable. And we look at this team, and again, like you said, yes, it's with the midfield. But again, if we don't have Pedri, all of a sudden, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Busquets. And yes, Busquets has been playing good and fine. But in this type of match, this is where it's going to come to roost, basically, where Busquets is going to be pulled out they know how to play against Busquets and Busquets is going to look slow and old in this match if he doesn't have the protection of the midfield so this is going to be quite an interesting matchup now again the start time Mariana 4 15 yes this is a nightmare you know this is a nightmare because again is this going to low into the slow performance of the team and more importantly is the stadium actually going to be full I just checked right now there are so many tickets available right now for the Classico. I've never seen so many tickets available for the Classico like this before. All price ranges and stuff. So, you know, Laporta said yesterday, everyone needs to come out. Everyone needs to support. But we've seen the team hasn't had 100% of Foro yet. Are these yeah. going to lead to, you know, are these I am going to... shocked. Yes, I am shocked because it's El Clásico. I mean, you need to see, like, the streets before the match. It's, like, completely full. El Clásico, it's crazy. Yes, la locura. So, to me, that we are on Friday and there's still tickets available, I just, I can't believe it. I mean... When I when I arrived here in Barcelona and I wanted to go to El Clásico, you, 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 it was impossible. I mean, it was like no tickets, like, like I don't know, days, days before the match. And um, it's, it's sad. I mean, to me, it's really sad. In llegaron estadio, arrived to, to the stadium and watching all those empty seats is just depressing yeah. to me. It's really, really depressing. And it is to me, I don't imagine for the team, <laughs> for the players. This, this, is, um, this, is what, this is one of the things that Laporta said yesterday is yes. that he didn't realize, or we, or Barcelona and Entro Comillas, didn't realize how much the tourism bought tickets, right, for these matches. Because we've seen in the Valencia match, it was half full. We saw on Wednesday night it was half full. And I'm looking right now on the website, Mariana. We can go to the Classico right now for 90 euros anywhere in the stadium, which is incredible right now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. before, like you said, when like when I went to the Classico, I it was a process, right? It was a huge ass process. I was lucky to get tickets. It was expensive. It was worth it, obviously. But now I'm looking at it, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe. And that's really uh interesting because. Again, if the stadium is not full, I think it loses some of that feeling of the Classico, especially with the entrance. Remember, in our WhatsApp group, we were just celebrating the anniversary of the pig's head, right? That, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I shared a video of the whole yeah. interaction of that. The crowd of that Classico was on fire, was on fire. It was not, it, it reminded me of like how good, you know, it used to be obviously pre-pandemic, just the crowd, the interaction, all stuff. It is yet to happen in the Camp Nou, and I really hope it happens because, again, 
Barca needs the fan support to be at 100% of Foro, and maybe that's something that's lacking for these players. Yeah, I don't. I I think of course the what Laporta said about the tourists, of course, impact, but I don't think that's the only reason. I think fans like. I think they they it can be better. I mean, the, the fans are are not motivated for watching the team, and it's expensive, and and I think it's it's a bigger problem. It I think it is. Yeah, for sure. We have a question here from Keegan, and it has to do with your favorite player, Coutinho. So, what do you think <laughs> about Coutinho's performances so far this season? And it seems the stadium crowd has responded favorably at times. Are you guys warming up to him also? So I'll let you start off with this because you were at the match on Wednesday. Were people more, have been people more favorable to Coutinho in these matches? Um, I mean, normal. <laughs> I mean, people were not crazy about him or hating him. It was like normal. Yeah. But about, Couti about Coutinho, I have this information because he, ha he was having this conversation a conversation with the staff with the like with a coach because he was feeling really really down and they did like this pep talk on him like three hours on Ciudad Deportiva um he is feeling uncomfortable I mean with him <laughs> with this situation And they were like helping him to to get back on track, so that's why he he was he was like um, celebrating the the goal against. It, it was like really like oh, I I did it, you know. So that's a part. I mean, he's he's working on himself, and he's not um, and he's not at his one hundred percent, and he knows it. So that's why he's he celebrated that that goal uh, yeah. that way. So I never want to, uh, you know, go evil, not evil. I don't want to bash someone when they are trying to seek mental help and they recognize this thing. But my whole thing with Coutinho, I'm, I'm still not in favor of him playing. I just don't think is I'm, I always try to remember what made him good, what made him great. And I cannot put my finger on it because what, like, was he a spectacular dribbler? Uh, I don't remember that. Was he a spectacular passer? Mm -hmm. Sure, he could score goals, but we haven't seen that really from distance. You know, everyone always says, oh, because he shoots long distance. So I don't know. Obviously, he's. I just still don't think he's the right player here. I think we need to ship him to a better team, or to a team that's going to use him. He needs to get a lot of reps. Like, he needs to play a lot. He's not a type of player that can come in a game here, perform really well. And as we've seen, I, I, you know, the information of him trying to get help, that's great and stuff. But like, this is a process that's been for like four years now. You know, yeah. this isn't something that's just it's, six months. It's, I don't think he is, I don't think Barca is the team for him. No, I mean, no, no, no. it's like, I always felt that way with Griezmann. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Griezmann, I'm so sorry, but you don't fit in here. Um, it's just the way it is. I feel similar to Coutinho's. Yeah. Yeah. And we have another question from Carlos here. And basically he's just talking about the feeling of if Barca wins uh, the classical, can they win the La Liga? And again, he said, you know, this all stems from the good feelings we had from Sunday. And now all of a sudden the bad feelings we have from Wednesday and Mariana, I don't want to put all the pressure because it's still so early in the season. Mm -hmm. 
But it can go two ways, I feel. If Barca win, then all of a sudden that's going to give good feelings again. And yes, they can win La Liga because La Liga this year is very hit and miss. There's not a dominant team. But if Madrid play and they win at the Camp Nou, I definitely think that's going to give them a psychological advantage for the season uh, going there. And I think they're going to be front runners for La Liga. What do you think? I mean, it's it's a it's a long liga. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that. I know that. I mean, it's really long, and sometimes we see teams that start like I don't know if you remember, like two seasons ago, like Granada was like sure. winning, winning, winning. That's like oh, la sorpresa, and and they didn't win la liga at all. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes. Um, we think, oh, it, this is going to okay. Definitely, we're gonna they're gonna win La Liga, and or, or they're gonna lose. So I think at this point, anything can happen. Is really, really too soon. Of course, like you said, if they win, it's a psychological advantage, a big one, a big one because uh, Real Madrid um, can. It's one of the two teams that can can win today. Sure. <laughs> So of course it is uh, an advantage, but um, it's, it's still a long, long way. <laughs> I I don't I don't think that Barcelona is out of competition. I mean I, I yeah. have that feeling with Champions League. I don't have that feeling with La Liga. I think that it's a possibility. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'd say they can. So. We'll see. I mean, of course, it depends a lot of Real Madrid and, of course, Atletico de Madrid. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm just looking at this this season as mini chunks, right? Like, so basically over every international break and taking those as little mini seasons. Again, like you said, La Liga is very long. So we have to, like you said, that's a great example with Granada. But again, I think the hardest thing with this team as a, as a fan, as a Kool-Aid of this team is is the unpredictability of this team, right? You don't know what you're going to get from game to game. And yeah. that's really hard to judge because now when you think about the classical, I can think of 20 different situations, you know? I can think of a goleada for both teams. I can think of no goals. I can think of a red card. I can, there's just so many <laughs> yeah. situations, right? Whereas before, you know, I would always think, you know, especially in the height of the Madrid with Ronaldo and Messi, when they were the height of their powers, you know, I would have been happy at beginning to get away with a 1-1 at uh, Bernabeu, right, for example. And there was a little bit of predictability because both teams were so good. You know, they were going to score a goal here or there. Now, I, I, don't, I don't even know. You know, I don't. I, that's what makes it so difficult. And so, like you said, it is a long season, but we just have to manage these little mini seasons in between that as best as possible. We, Even though, even though on Wednesday or Tuesday night, Barcelona did not color football, as they love to say. <laughs> they did get the three points, right? Yeah. So they beat Valencia, they beat Kiev. And I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's just about the three points, right? I know we, we want to see the artistic beauty of football with Barca. That's one, one of the reasons why we love this team. But again, in this weird transition season, getting results is just as important, especially in Champions League for monetary reasons, right? Because... They need to get out of group stage because that's more money that they're going to be able to get for the matches. So, again, Mariana, it's just always complicated every week with our <laughs> telenovela team. Really quickly, let's finish on this. 
fun thing. We were talking about in our WhatsApp group. Yeah. The Mario Icardi telenovela <laughs> that's going on. It is, if you guys it are is, not aware, it is It so is terrible. Amazing. No, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's I mean, amazing. this is like a guilty pleasure. Of course, of course. I'm not, that's all it is. It's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. not aware, please, please, please Google it. What happened in the last week on Instagram with Arcadi and his wife, who's his agent as well, is it's like the legends of football, right? Of like those <laughs> football wives type of thing. It's it is amazing. So please check that out. We were talking about that in our WhatsApp group as our guilty pleasure this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mariana, you're going to go to the match. You're going to share the photos with us for us in our WhatsApp yes, group. I'm really excited to see course. that. This is your first Classico since before the pandemic. So this is yes. going to be very exciting. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Poco, poco, we are getting back to really back, back to normal here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go somewhere to watch the match because I'm still sick. I don't know. We'll see how I feel on Sunday. If I'm not sick, I will go to the bar for sure to go watch the match with some With friends. los abuelos. <laughs> con los abuelos. Con, con, mis, con mis tapas también. So don't, don't forget about that. I'm just kidding. So Mariana, uh, have a good weekend. Feel better. Uh, I look forward to your photos and your commentary yes. after the match. And we'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Adeu. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.